Hey folks, this is Charlotte Clymer. My pronouns are she, her, and you are listening to a brand new episode of Charlotte's Web Thoughts. This is the audio slash podcast version of the actual Charlotte's Web Thoughts on substack.com. You can go subscribe to it at charlotteclymer.substack.com. It's completely free. All you need is an email. It takes less than five seconds to subscribe and it helps me out immensely. So please do go subscribe charlotteclimber.substack.com. Before I begin reading this entry, I just wanted to quickly point out that these allergies are killing me. They are kicking my ass, let me tell you. I am trying to, I don't know, get my throat going back on track, but obviously the uh, raspiness is something you can hear in my voice. So please bear with me as I read through this and have the scratchiest sounding voice that is probably, I don't know, with an earshot of where you are right now. Okay, this is the second volume of The Junk Drawer. Uh, this is a regular feature of the blog in which I toss up a smorgasbord of thoughts and musings for your consideration, as well as personal news and updates from my little corner of the world. So let's open up the drawer. I recently turned 36. You may have read my essay about it. I'm quite grateful to have made it this far in life and with my happiness and authenticity intact, a marker that would be inconceivable to the vast majority of closeted trans people in the not so distant past. I am a lucky woman and I know that. Although I did a fundraiser on my birthday for Running Start, and by the way, thank you to everyone who donated, many of you personally emailed me to ask if you could buy me a birthday drink, which is incredibly sweet and thoughtful. I didn't respond to any of those emails because I was quite busy over the past few weeks, and I guess it felt a bit greedy to accept that kindness. But I've had some time to think about it, and here is my honest answer. <clears throat> this blog pays my bills. It's not a tremendous amount of money, and I consider myself lucky to be able to write for a living and pay my rent in doing so. If you were one of the lovely folks who sent an email asking if you could buy me a birthday drink, here's my respectful request. Consider a paid subscription. Help me to keep writing and do advocacy work with the rest of my time. I'd really appreciate it. I recently rewatched Robert Redford's 1980 directorial debut, Ordinary People. I gotta say, I, re I remain astonished at the complexity of Mary Tyler Moore's performance. The French toast scene, the family photographs scene, the hug scene. Oh my God, the hug scene. She should have won the Oscar on that moment alone. The film is something like watching springs be wrapped around oneself and pulled tighter and tighter and finally let go in a sequence of flat out phenomenal bits of acting. I wasn't alive when the film was released, but I've been reading about how the public's reception to her performance was considerable discomfort. It was apparently shocking to people that Mary Tyler Moore would play a cold mother or as reasonable adults might say, a human being filling human being things. Also, I love Donald Sutherland so much. He has a strikingly comforting presence in this film. Whenever his character is on screen, there's a palpable sense of safety. 
I don't know how to adequately explain it, but his character just makes me feel better. I came across a video recently from a Spanish bird enthusiast who uses an app called Next, Bo excuse me, Nest Box Live to film bird nests. So in this video that I put in the blog, and obviously you have to go online to see it, but it's in the blog, over two minutes, it does a uh, time lapse over the course of two months of a mother bird building her nest, laying her eggs, uh, basically guarding them while they hatch, and then feeding her babies over the course of like seven weeks until they're strong enough to fly out on their own. It is by far one of the most interesting videos I've ever seen. You should definitely watch it. It's in my blog. Go ahead and check it out. It's been a pretty brutal year on the trans rights front. At every level of government, Republican politicians have taken square aim at the rights of trans non-binary people. Some cultural public figures like J.K. Rowling and Dave Chappelle and Bill Maher have openly expressed viciously transphobic views. And all the while, it honestly feels as though much of the mainstream media landscape is largely disinterested in educating the public about trans issues in the face of such hatred. This is all combined into a terrifying era for our community, one in which it feels as though so much hangs on the precipice of the next few election cycles. I'll be honest, until recently, I have wondered if Jon Stewart would eventually emerge as something in the same vein. Fortunately, I could not have been more wrong in that concern. Stewart did an entire episode recently around the topic of trans rights. He took responsibility for some of his own transphobic humor earlier in his career. And he did the work of learning and listening to trans people and their families, particularly the parents of trans children. Y'all really do need to watch the entire episode, but take special notice of his interview with Arkansas Attorney General Leslie Rutledge and her complete lack of preparation to discuss the health care of trans children, which she has so viciously sought to dismantle. And again, the video is in my blog. You can go check that out. Last week, not to be outdone by his friend and colleague, John Oliver dedicated his own episode to discussing the moral and intellectual bankruptcy of anti-trans Republican legislatures and spent about 26 minutes educating the public in a manner I have scarcely seen this year from almost anyone in mainstream media. That video too is in the blog. I can't adequately explain how much of a breath of fresh air these two segments have been to the trans non-binary community. We've been terrified of what comes next for us in this country. There are families who have contacted me and asked if they should consider moving to another country with more affirming policies for trans non-binary people, and I honestly didn't know what to tell them. I love this country so much. In spite of this horror, I believe in the promise of this country. I really do. I believe that America <clears throat> can be a place where everyone is permitted to live in their full authenticity, free of violence and discrimination and shame in response to that authenticity. I'm glad Stuart and Oliver are fighting for that promise, and I am grateful for them. I'll have more to say about this soon, but I do want to make something perfectly clear to everyone. I am not leaving Twitter. Hell no, not happening. Now, 
folks have good reasons to leave, and those reasons are valid. I respect those who want to leave. But I also think that folks have good reasons to stay, too. Fighting disinformation and holding the line against bad faith in the public square is worth the fight. I am absolutely staying. Let's respect and honor each other's choices. To those who may leave or are considering it and want to stay in touch with me, here are some ways. You can subscribe to this blog, of course. It's free to read. It will always be free to read, by the way. All you need is an email. Uh, I'm also on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. All my links are in there. If you ever need to get in touch with me, but obviously you don't want to do so through Twitter anymore, I get it. Reach out to me. My contact information is in this blog. A few bits of personal news. If you're getting speakers lined up for next semester or next quarter, I am always available for speaking engagements to talk about LGBTQ issues, social advocacy, veterans issues, and a wide variety of other topics. If you're looking for someone to speak at your conference, college, or company, reach out. There's a link in the blog where you can put a request in through my speaking agency, and it's at that, it's at that link that you'll also find a few examples of my past speaking engagements. I'm also available for consulting on general communications and DEI policies. So if your organization needs some comms or messaging help, or if you're looking for someone to advise on LGBTQ inclusivity, for example, <clears throat> I've advised colleges, businesses, nonprofits, and even a major studio film. I make it easy to focus on the rest of the work you're doing. So shoot me an email cmclimer at gmail.com. That's C-M-C-L-Y-M-E-R at gmail.com. Again, all this information is available in the blog. Go check it out. Here's some books that I'm reading lately. Uh, first one is And There Was Light, Abraham Lincoln and the American Struggle by John Meacham. This is new. It's one of the most well-known living presidential historians who has finally released his Lincoln biography. And folks, I got to tell you, it is exquisite and serenely honest. Readers will notice the not-so-subtle warnings from Meacham about the long history of white supremacy in our country and how it still threatens to undo the progress we've had since. Another book I'm reading is called Ejaculate Responsibly, A Whole New Way to Think About Abortion by Gabrielle Blair. This is based on the author's legendary and prescient Twitter thread in 2018, a thread that went mega viral. I, I, it would not surprise me if almost all of you who have been on Twitter have seen this damn thing. It is so, so smart. She talks about the responsibility of cis men in the family planning discussion, that is cisgender men. She does so with startling clarity and a wealth of empathy for everyone involved. It is a must read. And I guarantee you, regardless of who you are, regardless of your gender identity or your sexual orientation, everyone will feel like they have something to learn as they check this book out. It's really, really quite good. The last recommendation I'm going to make for you, uh, Mad Honey. It's a new novel by Jody Picoult and Jennifer Finney Boyland. They're two of my friends. They're also two of my favorite writers. And I was delighted when I found out they were collaborating on a novel together. The work is brilliant. It centers on the evolution of a family as it breaks a few bones and attempts to reset them. And it does a fantastic job of getting at the pain of shattering generational cycles. It is such a damn good book. You got to read it. Finally, here's where I'm going to be in the future. 
on October 29th, which is, uh, well, technically it's today because I'm literally recording this at midnight. Uh, today, uh, I'm going to be at the 2022 Human Rights Campaign National Dinner here in D.C. So if you're also attending, come and say hi. I don't bite. I'm quite friendly in person. So I'd love to shake your hand and commiserate over the state of the world. <laughs> on November 9th, I'm going to be at the District of Columbia Commission on Human Rights Awards Gala. The theme is 35 years of moving towards equality. Uh, I was recently confirmed uh, to the Human Rights uh, Commission here in DC, and this is my first gala attending as a commissioner. I'm really excited for it. The Office of Human Rights does such incredible work for every marginalized community and really everyone who lives and works in DC. So I'm really excited for that event. On November 11th, I'm attending the HBCU Women's Leaders Summit, which will be jointly hosted by XC Leader and Running Start. Those are two different organizations who are jointly hosting it. This is the uh, event that I fundraised for for my birthday. There are about 50 young women from historically black colleges and universities who are attending this event. And the fundraiser essentially ensured that they're going to be able to travel for free, essentially. That they're not going to have to worry about their travel expenses, which is great. So thank you to everyone who donated for that birthday fundraiser. That's where I'm going to be on November 11th. On November 17th, I'm going to be moderating an event in partnership with the climate change organization, We Don't Have Time. That's the name of the organization, We Don't Have Time. This is going to be in conjunction for a satellite event for the 2022 UN Climate Change Conference, otherwise known as COP27 or COP27. So do check that out. Uh, It's going to be live streamed. Uh, We're going to have a deeply meaningful event in educating people about what they can do to fight climate change. That evening, so literally I'm doing that event in the afternoon, and then I am rushing over to Union Station to get on a train and going to New York City that night for the opening show of and Juliet, that is the name of the of the new musical. It's called And Juliet. It's a new Broadway musical that explores what would have happened if Juliet took a different path, basically not killing herself for Romeo. The book is by David West Reed. Music is by the uber popular pop composer Max Martin. And it's going to feature a prominent non-binary character, which I am so excited about. And I'm quite, fra- uh, quite proud of my dear friend, uh, Eva Price, for producing it. Uh, there is a link to buy tickets in there. They're not paying me to put this in there. Uh, this is just me being excited over a musical, because I, I, I love musicals. So if y'all are going to be there for opening night, again, come and say hi. And finally, on December 3rd, I will be at Victory Institute's 38th International LGBTQ Leaders Conference. I'm going to be doing a session on social media more details to come, but if you are attending the Victory Institute's conference, again, come up and say hi. I would love to meet you in person. Thanks so much, folks. I'm going to be releasing a few essays in the coming week, and I think you'll quite like them, so stay tuned.